The hosts of Two Board Apes are not registered investment advisors. The podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Nothing said on it should be construed as investment advice. Two Board Apes talking NFTs, DeFi, and some random stuff. <laughs> Two Board Apes talking NFTs, DeFi, and some random stuff. <laughs> Welcome to episode 54 of Two Board Apes. I'm your host, Jamie. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Roy. Roy, how are you? Slash, let's talk about the news of the week. I'm well, slash, let's talk about news of the week. Bless Is that a you. sneeze? <laughs> my wife sneezed. So, I heard. We, I think everybody heard. Uh, so, so I, I was actually... other people can't... Well, I don't, I don't know what the listeners are hearing, but... I don't know either. I mean, maybe uh, Brian will edit, edit that out. I was uh, chatting. That'll with make Vitor. this make less sense. It, yeah, this will. <laughs> okay, I guess it's probably staying in. I was chatting with Vitor. He, he had a suggestion for us, and and he said you should probably start the and in order to like get more listeners and, and retain listeners and all that. Grow the podcast. That's why I said, or the, let's get into the news of the week. Yeah, He's, he, our producer is telling us we need to talk about NFTs quicker in the podcast and yeah. less about what Roy ate. And, and, and now, now here we are um, sidetracked again. I'm sidetracked, but he said. Uh, yeah, it's just ironic. He, he was saying you should start the episodes by saying what you're going to talk about. But like, all right, in this episode, we're going to talk about the 3300 ETH Punk sale, the QQL, the Pixel Vault video game trailer, uh, the upcoming curator drop. And then I was, I think, meant to tell you that. Maybe I forgot to tell you that. And uh, also just this episode, just I, I was like, all right, yeah, we're not going to talk about news of the week. We're going to, uh, sorry, we're not going to talk about what we just ate. We're, we're going to bypass the whole food uh, distraction and go straight into news of the week, and then immediately there's a sneeze, and immediately we're distracted, <laughs> and I veered us off even further. Do you want to talk about the coffee I'm drinking? Oh, we can talk about coffee. You're drinking. We'll talk. No, so- we'll talk about that later. Let's let's talk about <laughs> NFTs. We've already okay. spit in Vidor's face by so thoroughly not doing it. Sorry, let's Vitor. do it just a little. News of the week. News of the week. There was someone that messaged and said, uh, "Can you please stop doing the singing news, like the singing?" That's not exactly what they said. But they said something to that effect. They said they love yeah. the podcast, but that's stuck in their yeah. head or something. Yeah, something, something. Like that. Anyway, news of the week, Jamie. What's happened this week? Um, there was a huge punk sale. Uh, the the famous hoodie ape punk, which is maybe confusing to people that don't know things very well you say ape and you say punk we're talking about the same thing here um but anyway yeah apes are uh the second rarest type of crypto punk and one that also has a hoodie which is a very desirable trait even though it's not super um rare Mm. sold for 3300 eth two days ago and this is this same one got put on sale for 3800 eth like two weeks ago and i sent it to you and jokingly told you you should buy it whereas making a big deal of putting his hoodie on right now. Where, where? I'm getting in theme. That's the, the theme right now. <laughs> We're talking about a hoodie, hoodie punk. Um, did you see anything beyond basically that it happened, like who the buyer or seller was? I looked into it a little. Uh, I know the seller. The seller is Seed Phrase, who also has right. is a bunch of punks. The seven trait one is the one that is yeah, his identity the, or whatever. The, the one of uh, I think it's the only seven trait one. It has like the yes. top hat, a cigarette, all like all, all, all these traits. All that stuff. Uh, he bought seven a, different he bought, traits. He he bought the uh, hoodie punk, uh, hoodie ape punk. <laughs> this is very confusing. <laughs> he he bought the one that just sold for thirty three hundred ETH for one hundred and fifty ETH 
I believe in December 2020 or maybe November. Yeah, some so, person who sold it was like, I sold this for $1,400 three years ago yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and Which at the yeah, time, I, they were probably I, like, wow, this is a lot of money for a thing I claimed for free, right? Yeah. It's all crazy. I don't know who the buyer is. I, I, remember, I, th- I think that they popped up a Twitter account that had the sort of like punk 4X, like whatever the punk XXXX account is. And claimed to be the buyer. I didn't really dig into it or, or yeah, I, I didn't. I shouldn't say I dug into it, but I saw a tweet basically saying that that uh, account had, I think it was like almost exactly thirty three hundred ETH, hadn't done anything in five years. It just mm. bought them for some cheap amount, and just the account did nothing for five years, and then all yeah. of a sudden bought this, which is kind of crazy. Um, I feel like usually when you're seeing huge buys like this, there's like a you know a a deposit from Binance into a new wallet mm-hmm. or something like that. But this was just the almost the exact right amount of money just sitting there for ages. Yeah, they bought a bunch of ETH when ETH was like $100 or something like that. Jamie is taking a sip of his coffee. So you, here's a, another thing that you I've been seeing a lot on Twitter is this plus the QQL, which we'll get to later, um, being sort of main things where people, oh, also the M3 Mutant, we should talk about that, but getting distracted people basically pointing out these huge sales or huge raises maybe in the qql um instance and and saying what bear market or whatever um which is sort of an interesting thing even though overall it's it's still pretty clearly a bearish market it is interesting to see you know that the the blue chips or the very very cream of the crop is still able to um attract so much capital i mean 3300 eth is a lot of money Mm-hmm. Even even at these pathetic ETH prices that we're dealing with lately, yeah, about four and a half million, and I, I think it's sort of it, it shows that there's there is a lot of capital and money sort of sitting on the sidelines, and just maybe when the right opportunity comes along, then ready to deploy. This money and was maybe, literally sitting on the sidelines as yeah, as we just said. It didn't, it didn't get deposited recently yeah. or whatever. It was just it was sitting there for five yeah. years. I mean, there's clearly not a lack of money out there. Like, there's so much money in the world, so much ETH in the ecosystem, so much so much in stable coins. It's just the desire for people to spend it on certain NFTs. And I think that during the mania bull market, it was all sorts of random NFTs were getting ETH thrown at them. And now it's sort yeah. of the market has become a lot more discerning. Where, yeah, just just you know, you have to be a very special NFT or special project like both QQL and this punk are to have significant amounts of money um, thrown at it, or or or, or Yuga. I don't, I don't know what even yeah. to say, but the M three is mm-hmm. a Yuga asset. It's a mutant. What what happened with the M three? I saw something, but I didn't, I didn't see exactly. So what somebody who owned two M threes already, which is crazy because mm-hmm. there's only what nine of them total nine, or something. I think, yeah. Nine uh, through some loaning protocol, borrowed a bunch of money off of one or both of them, um, raised a thousand ETH this way, basically, and bought the the wow. noise for M three. So now they own three of them, um, and they also owe somebody a you know, thousand and forty ETH in yeah. a month or something like that. It's very interesting. Yeah, so that's a, another three, huge yeah. sale. Uh, QQL, so massive drop this week. You, you want to shut just, up about it last week? <laughs> that, yeah, that's funny. Do you want to just go, head right into the generative art session if we're going to be talking about this anyway? Do you want to touch on we've got Pixel Vault video game trailer? 
was not even there's, there's not much to it but they they have a 3v3 game coming up and they released a trailer that had not a lot to it but t- it talks a little bit about the game mechanics basically um and i think maybe they had some stills that seemed like they were going to be like the stages that you could battle on um mm-hmm. but there was no gameplay footage or or even pictures of gameplay footage pretty also g-funk specifically was asked on twitter like is this the big triple a game you guys have been talking about he said no this is a different game so there's there's that little hmm. bit of information um but other than that um yeah. there, there's not there's not much to it it's a it's a minute and a half video we'll link to it in the show notes if people want to watch it i guess all right let's jump into art blocks and generative art in general it was very what I was just, sipping, so I was pointing to you to to go art blocks, art blocks, and generative art in general. Well, you were sipping that, then; you just didn't join me. Well, but, anyway, all right. So I have here me. on the show notes QQL and Roy's <laughs> amazing prediction. So that's funny, very funny. On Roy. the episode last week, we we chatted about QQL a lot, which is a, a Dutch auction that was starting at fifty ETH and resting at two ETH, and uh, it's a generative art project by. Tyler Hobbs and Dandelion Wist, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were guessing where it might mint out at. I said 14 ETH. You said, I think, 10. That's, nope, nope. 10, 10 and a half. False. False. All right, James said 14. smiling so much. He's so happy about this. <laughs> no, the truth is, I, pretty arbitrarily, right? I said 14. You said 10 and a half. I, it seemed like 15 or more was too much, but it's Tyler Hobbs and it's customizable. So it seemed like it was going to be worth a lot. So I guess 14. And I happened to be exactly right. And then on Twitter, somebody <laughs> tweeted about how Zeneca is much too smart or they've been listening to Zeneca too much or something because you got it exactly right, um, which grinded my gears because I was the <laughs> one that got it exactly right. And somehow you still got credit for it. Yeah. Um, but That was fun. That's a lot of money to raise, right? Um, yeah. I, was, I had even maybe a week or two before we'd recorded and I said 10.5, my, my prediction was even a little lower. I think I was thinking like seven to nine or something. Yeah, the, the people that I saw talking about on Twitter at proper or at underscore proper, something I also saw was was also saying under 10 for sure. Um, didn't seem like there was a lot of confidence in people, but it just seemed like, excuse me, the name and the deflationary Ness mm-hmm. of it and the the customizability ness of it seemed like it was just too great to to not sell for a lot. Which I guess I mean you know eightieth would it's still a lot of money individually mm-hmm. or for the whole collection. But um, yeah, fourteen yeah. fourteen was the resting place of the auction. This is also a true Dutch auction mm-hmm. where the people who said they would pay more only had to pay the final resting price, which is what a a Dutch auction initially mm-hmm. meant. But in the NFT space, as we know it, it has come to sort of not necessarily mean that. Yeah, it. Um, an interesting thing is they blocked X X Y two mm. Y. Is that the name of the marketplace? X two Y two. X two Y two. Because this is a marketplace that doesn't pay uh, creator royalties on NFT sales. It so or has the option, right? Yeah. So I, I read a thread by them earlier today. They sort of came out saying, highlighting the the fact that the QQL mint pass is not tradable on the marketplace and sort of kind of calling them out by saying that it's not that they're a 0% uh, creator fee, a creator royalty uh, fee platform. They give the option to 
people buying the NFTs to say whether they want to pay them or not. And they give, they allow the community of NFT holders of the collection that's being traded to vote on whether they want royalties to be enforceable or not. So say Bored Apes, everyone could go with a Bored Ape who has a Bored Ape and vote whether they want royalties to be enforceable or not. And I mean, I don't know exactly the mechanics of how this all works and, and all yeah, the logistics, but they also said that uh, 98% plus percent of their sales do have the royalties paid. So it's not in, not in number a, of sales, but I bet if you broke that down into yeah, probably dollars, in value, it's, it's not it's, at all very different. But yeah, there's a lot of community debate about this concept. I'd be really curious to know what people like DC Investor say because I think that they, I'm, I might be putting words in their mouth, but I'm pretty sure that they came out and said that they won't buy NFTs that have this ability to block trading of them on marketplaces. Like while they believe in honoring creative royalties and artist royalties and all that, they, they're decentralization maxis and, and think that, you know, True ownership means true ownership and you should be able to do what you want. But then at the same time, um, DC Investor was sort of a judge on this project and deciding who gets these and obviously is a fan of generative art and Tyler Hobbs. So, uh, and, and I know that uh, a lot I, of people... Judge, sort of, just to clarify what you're saying, when yeah. you say a judge, uh, Tyler and Dandelion were going to give away, I think, nine of them or something to mm. people who had curated uh, just sort of their favorite ones ahead of the mint and they were going to mint those directly to those people's wallets or whatever. And yeah. DC was one of the people who got to take part in the, in the judging, in the judging, of which ones yeah. would get those. So yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to know what he thinks and what other people like that, because I, I think that there are a decent number of sort of on chain slash decentralization purists in the art blocks community who really believe in that, but also people who are massive Tyler Hobbs fans and, and believe in, um, yeah, like really love the art and the artist. So, our listeners might be curious what you and I think about something like this, rather than think, you speculating about what DC thinks. Why don't you tell us what you think? I've been thinking about it. I haven't yet formed a really strong opinion. I think. Yeah. I I lean towards. I lean towards not loving it. Uh, I I, I kind of go back and forth. I I obviously want artists to receive royalties and and for that to be something that's maintained in the space and and a thing that exists but i you don't want them to take any actions to ensure that that happens no it's not that it's i don't know I, it just there is something odd about i don't know i haven't formed a very strong opinion basically i think uh to, to me, this is a the blocking of marketplaces is more of a punitive action to the to the holders, and I, I would love to see a uh, I, I don't I don't know exactly what this looks like, but some sort of you know, reward mechanism where you uh, in, yeah in, instead of being punitive and, and punishing people or taking rights away, you find a way to incentivize people to pay the royalties basically. Yeah. What, do, what do you think? Well, just I want to just specifically tag on to the thing you said. I don't think that they're taking rights away because when the Mint pass, passes were released, this was the terms of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's not as though they existed for a long time and then they you, they, they went in and, and changed. Um, 
they're sort of taking mm-hmm. away a theoretical right that the people never exactly had. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm for it. I don't, I don't really care. I think as far as the decentralization maxi sort of argument goes, um, I just always feel like um, the people who are sort of espousing that are thinking a little bit unidirectionally, um, almost the way that somebody might criticize libertarians as an overall philosophy where it's like, Mm. you know, don't in, don't do anything to my freedoms, but like, I don't care about anybody. Like theoretically, what if my freedom and your freedom are conflicting in some sort Mm -hmm. of way? We have, we have to have some sort of arbitration process or whatever. Um, But you know, it, I don't, it doesn't seem like it's not a decentralized decision for one artist or two artists, I guess, right? In one project to block, like the idea of decentralization again to me is that if this entity or person or whatever is something that you don't like or don't want to interact with, you you simply go around it. So Mm. the people that are decentralization maxis can simply not purchase this NFT. You know what I mean? It's also, you know, it's theoretically, it's a pure art thing. So if you want to talk about something completely unrelated um, where there's some sort of um, actions being taken that block people from, you know, paying their heating bill or whatever, that's a very different thing than whether or not you can take part in this, this artist's art, art drop. Um, Mm. But in general, I do remember when I was first finding out about NFTs, the idea of these creator royalties was such a big part of it to me um, and such a big part of what made it at least partially superior to what has come before. And I have not enjoyed seeing the very financial interested participants of it pushing back against those um, in ways like these marketplaces that allow you to go around them or, you know, the OTC trading that, that is very prevalent um, mm-hmm. that allows you to go around them. So I'm, I'm definitely okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, think. I also, I'm also now, you say the thing about the 98%, I am genuinely now curious. I wonder what that is breaking down, broken down by, you know, us dollar equivalent, excuse me, us dollar equivalent rather yeah. than just number of trades, because I do think probably um, it, it skews very heavily in favor of big trades where people are trying to, and yeah. again, understandably, save themselves 20F on a huge sale or whatever. I mean, that makes sense that you mm-hmm. would want to do that. But um, to some extent, I feel like when you're buying these NFTs that have creator royalties that are you know chosen and disclosed up top, that's sort of part of the agreement. Um, and I get that the technology allows you to say, fuck that agreement or whatever, because, you know, it's not baked into the smart contract necessarily. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I just feel like what, in some sense, what are we doing here? If we're, if we're doing away with creator royalties? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think it's going to be just really interesting to see how this continues to evolve and play out over the next six to 12 months as, more marketplaces come out, they'll have their own approaches to royalties. More projects will come out that will try and block them or will block them. Um, it's it's going to be an ongoing, I think, quite lively debate within the community. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be really interesting. 
Um, here's a question. Last time we recorded, we talked about this with Simon. By the way, should we say something about Simon being a great guest? Or do you he was amazing. Like he was yeah. a great guest. Um, we got to bring him back. Anyway, we will bring him back. Can I talk, Roy? <laughs> QQL. Let's talk about QQL, <laughs> no, guys. Let's um, talk about QQL. <laughs> the had the idea of the um, Minter royalties. Was that part of it? Because I, I think remember. I think he announced that after that Might recording. And that's certainly worth talking about. Yeah. Um, so now I brought it up. You can talk about it. So they basically, probably within the last week, the Tyler announced that the person who mints the the piece of art or creates the piece of art. So not the people who mint the wallet. Bought, if you want to be super, yeah, the wallet, technical not, and lame, not like me, not the people that uh, purchased or minted the the mint pass, which is what happened yesterday. Uh, it's the peop the the wallet that uh, takes that mint pass and then creates and mints. piece of generative art, mints a piece of generative art with it, um, is entitled to a 2% royalty, create a royalty for life for the, that specific NFT. And this is something that so many projects have promised and some played with before and not. Um, and everyone always said, well, you can't do that. That's a security. But I think because this time that the creators act, well, I'm, I'm not a lawyer and I don't know if this is exactly correct, but I, I'm imagining. You did go to law school for a, a I, second. I did go though. to law school for a while. I was almost a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, where was I? Uh, because uh, the, the Minter is actually Brisbane, involved. I think. In Brisbane, yeah. Because the minter is actively involved in the creation process, they're not a passive participant. They are a creator. It's it's they they co-created the the piece effectively. They are part they, they are the artist. Like it's, it's the artist of the They are a collaborator. And, and that Tyler was Hobbs, sort of what Tyler I've been saying person. for a while. Um, and we talked about this kind of extensively in the last episode, but that ability to to sort of self-curate your mint does make you the um you the what was the word I'm looking for here? Collector, buyer, creator, whatever, minter. Um, also, partially mm. the artist of the piece. Um, also, with respect to the whether or not it's a security thing, um, there's in, in theory, I guess, no expectation that Tyler is going to do something in the future that makes this more mm-hmm. valuable. It's not, you know, there's not going to be interactions in some sort of game. There's not going to be necessarily like financialized airdrops. It's just, it's mm. a piece of art and you're buying a piece of art from them. Um, and, and as far as the Howie you're test creating is concerned. a piece of art with them. Right. As far as the Howie test is concerned, generally that's one of the big things um, is that there's an expectation of profit from the continued labor mm. of other people, um, yeah. which you're not really getting here. Yep, yep, yep. So the, the main I'm also the- not a lawyer and I never <laughs> went to law school. You are married to one though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, the mint passes are up to 21 ETH. They sort of fairly quickly just started climbing in price. and Yeah, I wonder how long that'll go on for. Yeah. I assume not much longer, but who who really knows? Yeah, well, think- it's, it's so interesting in the NFT space. When something goes up in price, people are like, okay, I'll buy it, and then it'll go up more. In pr- and like, yeah. as long as that continues, it continues. But hot then potato, it, hot potato. Yeah. I think in the case of this, it is over the long, long term, it's got an inbuilt mechanism that is likely to make it go up in price just because of the scarcity model of as people mint, create new pieces, there's only going to be a, a reducing a deflationary number of these mint passes. Have you seen how many people have started minting yet? I have, I have not looked into that, but I'd be very curious as to 
what the I, speed with which people are minting. We a lot of I us have had not. speculated that people are going to hold them. The majority of people are going to be holding them and just sort of, um, you know, testing tons of mints constantly before really picking one or just kind of holding it for um, an indefinite period of time with with the same sort of deflationary blah, blah, blah thoughts of maybe selling it later just for more. Yeah, I, I agree that most people are probably going to want to hold on to it. I'm looking at the OpenSea page right now. That's what I was going to do. And it says there's 998 mint pass items, which might mean that right. literally only one person has created, but that can't be right because, well, I mean, it can be, but I know that they were incentivizing in some way. They said that there'll be a trait, I think, uh, yes. for day zero or day, people who, who burned and, and, and minted the, the artwork on day one or day zero. But, but also the contest winners alone should have already reduced that number by like nine, I, th- I would think. Do they win their piece or do they just win a mint pass? Yes, yes, yeah. that's confirmed. Yeah. But I, I guess they, they could be taking a week or something before they mint those to the wallets, I guess. But I would have assumed that it would have happened immediately. Yeah, I am. And so you got two, though, just on a sort of more personal level, right? You bought two I, passes? I did. I, I like totally forgot that the mint was happening that day. and That's wild. It is wild. Uh, I was just I was in a meeting, like a team meeting. I must and- not have talked about it on the <laughs> last episode. No. Well, I, I obviously, yeah. It is the day of. It was just not on my mind, and I was in a team meeting, and uh, one of my uh, coworkers said, uh, "Oh, just like side note, did you see what happened with the Dutch auction?" I was like, "What Dutch auction?" QQ, I was like, "Oh crap, I missed it." And then I was like, "This fear." I was like, "Oh, I hope it didn't go for like five or six ETH, where I would have like been pretty yeah. happy to pull the trigger on quite a few." And he said fourteen. I was like, "All right, I, I might have bought one at that." That price, number sounds it- familiar. Is that what I guess? <laughs> And then I went to secondary and they were at like 15-ish. And I thought, well, I definitely won at least one. And I bought one and then they sort of hit that thing happened where more people were buying them. And I was like, well, I got to get one now. It's now or never if I'm going to get another one. And so I got another one and uh, I'm I'm semi-contemplating selling one soon, but it's probably just smart to hold. Yeah. Um, are you a, eyeing one? You know, are you thinking not not at that price? Move? Definitely not. Mm-hmm. I would lo- I would definitely like to have one. I had a lot of fun exploring the algorithm, and it would be really fun to have a mint pass and be exploring the algorithm in a real way, where I'm looking for one mm. mint. That that would be very fun to me, but I, I just can't justify it at that price. I believe they said that they've they've implemented some sort of, or, or they're planning to implement some sort of mechanism where people can sell their like transaction seed so you can generate like you can mm. spend all day generating outputs yeah. and then pick the 10 that look the best or that you think other people might want to mint and then for people who don't have the time or the desire to sift through and generate outputs and be like oh that one looks amazing I want to own that piece they can maybe buy the seed off you for thousand dollars or something I had I had not heard that that's interesting um, it, it, I do also remember hearing that you can you can't generate the same one because it's you know the the way that the randomization is done and your wallet address being baked into it. You just no other wallet can ever recreate that same output mm. as, as you did. Theoretically, I guess your own wallet could a trillion years into the future again. But yeah, they might have some sort of interesting smart contract mechanism where if if you're the wallet to generate it hypothetically and you save it in, on your wallet, then you can partner up with someone who has a mint pass and sort of 
Oh, no, I, I'm not saying that um, technically there's no way for them to do mm. what you're saying. I, I'm sure there's a way to transfer it if that's their plan. Yeah. Just just in that um, nobody can see your output, like it so much, and then copy it by brute right, forcing right, right, it. Right, right, right. So, so this mechanism makes sense in, in that way yeah. is what I'm saying. All right. Uh, should we talk about, well, this this. No, I want to. I actually do want to talk about QQL a little bit more. Um, so you're saying you're thinking about selling one, but you should probably hold them. There, it sounds like there's no plans for you to be exploring no. the output space in Mint One. Okay, okay. I, I was just kind of curious about that. I I have the rest of my life basically, and right. I'm in no rush. I I would love to take the time and explore the algorithm, and also just see what other people are minting. And it is nice that you you can. So much yeah. more of the work is is being done for you in a sense, mm-hmm. um, so you can kind of see what what outputs you like. Yeah. So, can I move on now, or you want any yes, more? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I just wanted I wanted to ask that. The other big news coming out this week in the Artblocks and generative art uh, area is Artblocks announced that they are ending the uh, delineation series. of curated series or seasons. His series or it seasons? It is series. I've used series. the word seasons, but it's series. Um, yeah. Th- this was a little bit of a confusing message to people because they thought it meant there's no more art blocks curated after series eight, which is mm. not what they meant, but they will not have a series designation, which is, it, it's almost an announcement that means nothing, but it also definitely means something. If, mm. if you know what I mean? Like oh, the, God, the false- coffee is so bad. Oh. Roy's been complaining. I'm not kidding you, listeners. Roy has been complaining to me about this same cup of coffee for three hours now. Because I put a, too much salt in it. I put too right, much he's salt an, in he's it. He's a crazy person that puts salt in his coffee. It makes so instant coffee better. That's his own fuck up. And then he put too much of it in. But and like, and I, I don't know doesn't have enough millions in. of dollars to just pour it out and make a new cup of coffee. I'm not going to waste coffee. That's that's wasteful. Yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about? Something other than keeping, uh, see, other the series, series yeah. the series designation. So yeah, the the way that people, some people, falsely misinterpreted it to mean that there's going to be no more art blocks curated. That obviously would be a enormous announcement. Mm-hmm. But this one is so nothing in a way, while still being something, is is sort of the way I took it. Um, because in terms of the supply, right, which is a thing that people talk about um, with, with art blocks and art blocks curated a lot in the way that it just kind of keeps going up. That sort of fake thing was going to just lock it up at a certain number, which is crazy mm-hmm. um, and, and very relevant. But the fact that they're going to keep doing them means that the the effect that it's having in terms of there not being any more series is just it's just like sort of a label on various different ones, which in some mm. sense doesn't mean much. I wonder if it will affect the way they plan to space them out or schedule them, you know, because when you're in the middle of a series, it does feel like you kind of need to go with, yeah. I'm, do- I'm doing something that is not good <laughs> for the people that are only listening. I'm doing hand motions to, to designate that they have to kind of keep a schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if you get rid of that, it does seem like, if they wanted to, it would allow them more leeway to take more or less time. I assume generally more between um, projects. Yeah, I think so. I read a interview article that Snowfro did, and one of the big reasons he explained for doing it is that 
they would love to release curated collections that might have only 50 editions, for instance. And due to the way that the market has approached collecting a full curated set and this bottleneck that has existed for elevated deconstruction, of which there's only 200 of them, the floor price is 50 ETH. If they released a collection that was 100, it would just sort of automatically and instantly artificially make that extraordinarily valuable and and sort of almost be very uh, inconvenient for collectors who have been diligently putting together a full set and now all of a sudden you're going, well, if you want to keep your full set, you're going to have to pay whatever the people who mint these say that you're going to pay. and uh, or, or join in the gas war trying to mint one yourself, I guess. Right, right. So by capping it at, at eight seasons, it sort of maintains that collectible collectability. If people want to say, I have a full curated set of the Genesis set or like the the, the right. early eras and then that is maintained and you know it'll be interesting to see how much people care about having like a full full curated set so if, if someone right. does in the future release something at 50 or 10 uh, or 125 how many more numbers do you want to say <laughs> or, or 30 <laughs> uh, is yeah is there going to be just that same artificial crazy spike in price and I think now you say artificial, but there's nothing necessarily artificial. Not artificial. About it, right? it's supply and demand. It is supply and demand. I think uh, by artificial, I mean the the price. It's not about is the artistic value correct, necessarily. Correct. It's just, it is, it, it is, is just purely an economic supply demand right. thing. Where really it's the supply sort of yeah. more so yeah. than the demand. I would say ninety five percent of the time I hear people talk about elevated deconstruction. It is through the frame of this. It's you need one to get a full yeah. set. Uh, very it's not, it's not people a talking. unique project otherwise really because the the mints are all quite similar to mm. it and it's so it's there's not grail pieces really that people talk about or anything yeah. like that's it's not really iconic for any reason other than the supply mm-hmm. so yeah season or series eight of art blocks will be the final one which is wrapping up End of I thought they October. said they were going to make maybe Series 8 a little bit longer, though. Maybe. Now. I think they said it they were going to extend it a little bit, so it's not actually going to end when you thought it was. Yeah. But I can't be sure if I'm making that up. I, I don't know either. But it, yeah, it, it had, a I think, a small pump or impact on floor price. It seemed like a bunch of people saw the announcement and then came in and bought a bunch of just random curated pieces, potentially misconstruing it as saying, oh, this is. The end of curated. Yeah, they did. They and, made a clarifying announcement mm-hmm. later. Um, yeah, that may be true. I've been on NFT Fi as I often am um, a bit lately, and it does seem like the the floors have been coming up a decent amount, um, mm. sort of across the board on Artbox curated. Yeah, um, it feels like maybe it had started a little bit before this announcement, but you know, nothing huge, but. It, it almost seems as though as F declines in U.S. dollar terms, yeah. the Artbox curator has actually been kind of staying sort of flat in USD mm-hmm. terms by going up a little bit in, in F prices. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the next curated drop? Have you looked at it much at all? I looked at it, but not much. It's called Same. Fontana. Mm-hmm. Um, Fontana is Latin for fountain. There's going to be 500 of them. I, Are you yeah, sure I about that? Some or was that the test- just the uh, oh, yeah, that got to the testing site? That could just be the testing site. You're right. Um, that is a sort of common number for them these days. 
Um, they look somewhat good to me. Nothing super um, interesting or uninteresting to me. Um, but I, I only looked at them very, very briefly, so I can't mm-hmm. really speak with any authority on them. Yeah, I haven't looked. The artist's name didn't ring either. a bell, so I'm not sure if they had. Sorry to step over you. If an, an FX hash project or something, which is sort of a common thing that we see these days. Javi Rayner is the artist's name. Uh, I was going to say we talk a lot about how whenever a new curator comes out, it's it sort of kind of blows our mind how it looks unlike anything else that we've seen in the curated collection. This one, to me, it has some similarities to Entre Tiempos. I don't know if you're seeing that. Yeah, there, there's a lot of circular motif to it, which Entre Tiempos has a lot of. I would say it's still pretty darn different from it, mm. um, but there there is um, a bit of a circle-based thing going on there that's vaguely similar to it. Circle-based and like various layers of opaqueness between la- uh, layers. Yeah, which, I think opacity yeah. might be the word you're opacity? looking for, but that's yeah. okay. <sighs> anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to digging into it a little bit more and, and exploring the algorithm uh, I'm a little more excited by this than the previous one, probably last yeah. two drops. Yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about the last one um, last episode, and you definitely seemed like you were the least interested in, in it of the three of us. One, one thing that you and I have talked about before and that I still don't know if it's true or how much is that, you know, oftentimes we'll look at a upcoming project, mm. not be that excited about it. And then it comes out and we somehow get more into it. Um, and one thing that you had speculated, I think this was a, back when we did talked about scribbled boundaries, which that's how long ago it was. But I think mm. you were saying that possibly the artist is still tweaking after we get these sample outputs. So the mm. final algorithm that outputs the ones mm-hmm. that we see later and are more impressed by might actually not yep. even be the same as the one that's giving these test outputs. Somehow, neither of us, I think, still knows whether or not that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it, it it probably must be true because they've talked about little things where, like, it's delayed because they have to do some sort of tweak. So the ability for them to yeah. change the contract is definitely there up until the last minute. Um, yeah. I just don't know how much that thing that we're talking about can be attributed to that mm-hmm. or, in general, how much artists... I'm, I'm still scrolling through the outputs, by the way. Um how much the artists are tweaking even past the point of getting accepted for curation and mm-hmm. having sort of the testaments out there in the public. Yeah, we, we should find out. <laughs> it seems like something we should yeah. do. Uh, I just I knew the artist's name looked familiar. Uh, Javi Rayner released the Photon's Dream project earlier this year. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That name definitely rings a bell. Let me pull yeah. it up so I can remember what it looks like. Itch. I like that project quite a lot. It is... Um, Photons Dream? Photons Dream, yeah. That's not on our blocks because it's not it, coming it up. It is on, on our blocks. P H O T O N apostrophe S. Yeah, Dream. it says no results. Oh, you know what? Because I'm on the artist staging, I'm not on real art blocks. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I was a little insulted that you told me how to spell photon because I do know how to spell that, but I <laughs> well, guess it's an understandable thing for you to do, right? I, Why can't you find it? No, I thought you didn't put the apostrophe in, and that might be of. No, I, I tried it the, both the ways, even before you said. Well, um, yeah, okay, I remember this drop. Yeah, never know. <laughs> um, what what else do we have to talk about? Not nothing else for generative art. I think those are the 
three things. We could probably. Oh, you know, I, I, I got some exciting news this week. Okay, go uh, ahead. Zancan DM'd me on Twitter and said that he was looking back through an old collection uh, that he basically released a collection which was a randomized number of, it was an edition of 10. And through that, he, it was, he basically used this collection to randomly pick 10 people that minted uh, kindergarten uh, monuments, what, a collection he did with in collaboration with uh, Yazid, Yazid. And he, was, he did it because when they were minting that, he said, I'm going to randomly pick 10 people and give them um, send them physical prints of of their edition, and he. Th- there's a whole interesting story and mechanic behind why he did it on FX Hash with numbers and drawing, and the people that minted or minted or bought the random things also got some cool benefits. Uh, I can't remember exactly what. Like there, there's some embedding of his work in there. But anyway, he was like, "Hey, I just I was looking back over it, and and they haven't all been claimed, and I I saw that one of them is yours, and you can go claim it." Why are you laughing? Um, because you're telling this story that's, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not here to judge whether or not it's interesting, but then you go, (laughs) tell us that there is this interesting side story of how something (laughs) happened. I'm not going to tell you the interesting thing, but I'm going to continue with this, which is may may or may not be interesting, but I promise you adjacent to this, there's something very, very interesting. (laughs) Uh, It's interesting to me. I get a physical design. I'm very excited about it. No, it, it is exciting and interesting and noteworthy <laughs> in the generative art section. I just thought it was funny that you're telling this story and you're telling us as an interesting way. Yeah, I've already said it. <laughs> Let's talk about QQL. <laughs> okay, I, I genuinely could keep talking okay. about it. What would you um, like to talk about? I would like to talk about why you haven't explored the algorithm mm. almost at all. I'm, I'm, am curious about that. I get that if you are saying, okay, I have one and I'm going to maintain, I have my whole life. Mm. I don't have to explore it, but as j- just from a base level, as a genuine appreciator of generative art, it's, it's weird not to have spent more time. I feel exploring yeah. Tyler Hobbs fucking new algorithm. Um, yeah. in, in in such a cool, like the way that we're able to tweak the parameters is really not something that people have been able to do without being at least, you know, sophisticated enough to go through mm. the code and, and do it that way. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really want to, and I, I've done sort of like r- random creation. I'll just go through and click random and then generate 400 and then scroll through. Right. But I basically just haven't had enough time to sit down and be like, I'm going to dedicate an hour yeah. or 90 minutes. I have just if, if you really want to see what the different parameters mm-hmm. actually affect and, and, and then more complicated how those interact with each other, it, it is a big time commitment. Mm. So, you know, you can kind of just do the spraying thing like you're talking about where you just do some randomization. Yeah. Um, and, and look, you know, one thing that sort of helped me, that's a weird thing to say, but help me sort of narrow down that that um, uh, w- what is it when something's not scary but intimidating? The intimidatingness of of how tough if it is. It's not to scary. It's intimidating. <laughs> Those are your two options. <laughs> <laughs> I got to the word that I was looking for. It's, in, it's sort of intimidating to try and look through and and discern what the algorithm can do or whatever, like we're saying, but it's not, it's not scary, but it's intimidating. Um, Well, something can be scary and intimidating. Right. But in this case, the word I was looking for was intimidating. (laughs) Anyway, see now you're sidetracking me. Um, I I found 
a palette that was sort of my favorite, and I I locked onto that pretty quickly. And there was like mm. um, a couple of other things that I pretty quickly determined in general I like having these settings. And then so you know I basically got to eliminate half of the things, and then I could just kind of tweak the other stuff. Um, mm. Made it a lot more manageable to just start. Although you yeah. know, obviously, I haven't done it too extensively. Now now it almost looks like you're just working like you got something funny. <laughs> I was not thinking about. Uh, I have, the more that I see awesome outputs, I'm just constantly blown away by the diversity of the algorithm. It, it is amazing. And it can just almost, it almost seems like it can create anything. And so I've seen things that look like a beach. I've think, seen things that look like, uh, uh, <laughs> I've seen, I was going to say a penis. <laughs> I love that you stopped at one. A beach. One. Can't think of any other. <laughs> no, I've seen noun. like um, a starry night at sky, uh, starry sky at night. I've seen like a building. I've seen uh, some amazing like waves. It's, you know, we've all seen a bunch of waves. Let's really cool go back a things. second to you, you. Just you see penises everywhere. I did. <laughs> no, I, I saw someone create that everywhere like, you look. That's all you see. That's interesting. Someone was memeing, uh, calling it like Vitalik, and yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it, it, the algorithm is crazily diverse, and it's also fun to sort of see the um, very, uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Jamie's laughing now. <laughs> Use your words, Jamie. I wasn't even going to say something that was funny, but once I started doing hand gestures right after, anyway, I'm sorry. Um, the the ones that are Jamie's coffee has mushrooms in it, <laughs> not those kind, unfortunately. Um, I think it's cordyceps and ch- chagas or something. That's anyway. Um, the the outputs that have no curvature to them whatsoever, just the very. Mm. Um, uh, why can I not use now? I'm Square, the, rectangular, straight grids. I think grid is the word I'm looking for. You know, mm-hmm. where where it's just um, very rectangular, and b- because ultimately the algorithm is putting out a bunch of little circles. But then, you know, and most of the outputs that people are sharing are these ones that are you know flowy and all of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But but I am partially drawn to and also. Um, because they're so different from most of the outputs we're seeing, these ones where you just have very clean columns and uh, of varying, you know, mm-hmm. whatever's. Um, I just found some of those to be interesting. Yeah, but yeah, like you were saying, it's it's it is amazing that with the help of all these co curators, we're we're getting to see things that don't at all look like they're coming from the same algorithm. Mm-hmm. Other than that, if you know, you zoom in, everything is coming circles. from from circles rather mm-hmm. than other shapes yeah it's it makes me so exciting to just excited to see what we see in the future like is someone gonna just generate something that's like oh that's a rainforest and that's you know that's a human face and then yes I, I am assuming that as we just have theoretically an exponentially large number of uh, of outputs tested we're gonna see and and that's another thing is that people are really um, searching for things that look like other things a lot, not not mm. not purely, but there's a lot of look for things that are representative of something that we actually see in real life. I think we're going to see some pretty amazing outputs that that um, are just shockingly rare. Um, but because again, we have so many people mm. churning out hundreds and hundreds of outputs, 
all the time. And I, I assume somebody is going to probably have, uh, you know, like a mechanized way of doing this on Amazon Web Services or something like that, where they're really doing it at a sort of an industrial scale, mm. looking for these grails or whatever. I have a question. Do you think the floor price of QQL will ever get higher than Fidenza? Um, you mean QQL, the art collection or the mint passes? Because there, it's too. Um, I could see the mint passes definitely in the future going for more. I don't. I don't foresee the project itself um, going for more. You know, this this kind of hints back to something we were saying with Simon. Also, I'm getting sidetracked, but the way that um, sort of everybody is searching for grails largely makes them not that right. Mm. So it's it, it the average the floor piece basically in the QQL collection. Even though at the time it was minted, it sort of felt grailish because it was unique and all that. The the floor is still going to be the floor, and it'll be hard to discern maybe. Um, aside from maybe something like Alpine Valley that the community w- was able to latch on to early um, mm. as something that that they all decide to agree is grailish or whatever. Um, I feel like you're not going to necessarily be able to see that many at the higher end differentiating just because of the way every piece is higher end. Um, and I think you know, Fidenza in general was sort of a more amazing algorithm, you know, it's very different because of the way that, again, we, we talked about this last episode, but Fidenza, he had to worry about the least attractive pieces in the collection mm. a lot because every mint was a mint, right? And whereas this, you don't have to do that. You're getting to explore this other thing. Um, and I think what sort of um, has allowed Fidenza to be so valuable, part of it, I mean, there's obviously a ton of factors, is the way he was so successful at doing mm. that. Um, and that shows tremendous artistry and, it's and um, you know, has sort of been rewarded with a high price because of that. And the way that you're sort of able to eliminate that hurdle that you have to get over in generative art by doing it this way means that, there's something less impressive in a way to the project that makes me think that we're not ever going to be able to see a floor that eclipses Fidenza. Um, but, but I definitely could see if enough people mint them, which I'm afraid that people won't. I, I, I mm. think maybe the passes will be really hoarded and not used um, to an amount that's actually disappointing. But if they do use them at a, at a pretty steady clip and we really do get to see the supply go down, I could definitely see that having a higher floor than Fidenza someday. Mm. That would be exciting. Fidenza floor had a bit of a nice run over the last week as well. I think someone's swept like seven or eight of them. Yeah, I think we, that might have happened on that before, last episode. before we chatted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else in the generative art sphere? Not that I have to talk about it. There's other stuff happening. Oh, uh, well... Peter Peter Plasma is that his last name? Piz- Plasma Pasma Pasma Peter Pasma. Yeah, Peter Pasma um, has a project coming out. He's been uh, tweeting out samples of it for quite a while now. He's been working on it. Um, I think it's like a Bright Moments FX Hash collaboration or something to that effect. Hmm. Um, that was just something I saw recently, and I and I have been seeing test outputs for a while now. That's sort I haven't of seen that one. Um, he, he he's the person behind the sculpt sculptors collection sculptors sculptures sculptors which 
yeah, I think it's one of the most impressive art blocks curated collections there is. It's it's cr- just, it I, is crazy, um, yeah. especially again given how. I say again, as if we talked about this recently, 38 episodes ago, we talked about how <laughs> small the code is for that project. And and that in conjunction with the outputs, is it will never not be amazing to me. Um, he yeah. also has a quite popular FX hash project called Hyper Giraffe, I think. Something Giraffe. I that like that one. That looks quite nice. Um, I think it is Hyper Giraffe. FX hash is great. It, it is. I didn't spend enough time probably on go that. back and collect there soon. Um but yeah, that that is it for our generative art section, right? That's that covers it. Yeah, that was pretty comprehensive. Art blocks and generative, and generative art in general. Ah, <laughs> uh, projects. Our projects. Jamie, what's yeah. going on with your generative art creation journey? Your coding journey. Um. So. We just talked about this for a second off air, but I was, um, I spend a lot more time looking at generative art than I do making it. Um, and as it's something that I took up quite making it, that is relatively recently, you know, like for instance, I was talking about MP Cos a lot lately and looking at his art and I was sort of reading his sort of backstory about it. And he was talking about how, he was, you know, in college years ago um, and sort of starting his journey by doing uh, <laughs> creative coding back then. So, um, you know, just it, sometimes it feels like intimidating to try and put yourself in um, the same sort of position as, as these other mm. people who have a lot more experience and theoretically talent than I do. Um, and, and certainly a lot more, you know, one thing that's nice about this NFT generative art boom is that there's been so many of these generative artists who have been working on this stuff for a long time without really any way to realistically have much financial rewards from it. And now there is this um, great way for them to do it. And, you know, it's been super successful for some and medium for others, whatever, but either way, it's nice to actually have a way for them to get compensated for it that there never really was before. Mm. Um, and, and so it, it feels almost like if I'm going to now try and jump into this space and also be selling them rather than giving them away, um, that I'm either taking, I'm in a sense taking, some money or um, attention away from these people that are in a lot of ways more deserving than it. And so it feels like for me to justify that, I feel like I have to put, you know, hit a really high hurdle for how um, awesome I think that the outputs are to, to the algorithm, um, which is sort of intimidating, not scary, intimidating. Um <laughs> The the that, that was that was uh, while we were recording. Uh, <laughs> so that that's just sort of something I've been thinking about lately. You know, while we've talked about it before, there was sort of talk about how quickly I could get something to FX hash, um, and I was saying I d- generally didn't want to do that because of, and I, I guess I didn't quite articulate it like I am now, but because of a little bit of this pressure of of how good some of this other stuff out there I'm seeing is. Um, but in some way, realistically, if I'm going to do it, it might just be easier to 
really accept that um, and just be okay with having, for instance, my first generative art project be something that I'm okay pricing a lot lower, possibly um, having a much smaller supply, although I have not really thought much about um, what kind of supply I would want out of out of my first project. It is interesting, though. Another thing I've been thinking is that the project that I had been doing, um, that I was working sort of towards as, as being my first project, was um, similar to QQL in the sense that um, I was taking a simple shape. In my case, it was squares. Um, and just having a variety of sizes of them and, and sort of filling the canvas to varying degrees with it. Um, but the way that um, Tyler, who is obviously much more accomplished than me, um, is able to fill the canvas in ways that are not just, you know, totally randomized X component uh, coordinate, totally randomized Y coordinate, and then mm-hmm. kind of varying the... Um, density of, of of the piece that you're covering with it um it is really impressive and i feel like something that i need to um learn how to do better um to, in, in order to make the project more um sort of complete and interesting um i think i've mentioned this before but um the artist who did screens thomas lynn peterson i believe is his name mm-hmm. um in block talk a while ago was sort of talking about how with generative art it's relatively easy to make something quite attractive by essentially simply filling up the canvas, which is largely what I feel like I've been doing. And he said, you know, again, although that is attractive, he doesn't find it particularly interesting anymore. And Mm. I don't fully agree with that, but what, but when I'm sort of crossing that threshold between just, just coding on my own and generating outputs versus now actually charging for those and having those outputs be minted NFTs, you are sort of crossing a threshold where you, I would want to be holding myself to a higher standard. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, yep. I was just going to say you were dabbling for a second. That was something that was a one day thing. Basically it was like when you go to college. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I got, have we told about how you went to school for literally one class before? I'm sure we have, but we some of our newer listeners have. probably haven't heard that. But yeah, Roy has gone to and dropped out of uni, as he calls it, college, as we would call it in America, many times. But Three my favorite, I, the second time, I believe, yep. you went, enrolled, went to class, and in the middle of your the first class, of the first class, like class yeah, number one of in. the first class you had, you just gave up, which is just stunning <laughs> to me. And I, it will never not be funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you, the generative art, you're just, you're a very busy person. And it was sounded interesting at the time. And then yeah. it was not something you could continue at that time to, to put time into. I, I don't even feel like I have the time to play with this generative art QQL thing that it's just like literally that a master has, has set up for you in the easiest way. It's yeah. handed to me in a silver platter. Let and, you have a, and you have multiple mint passes for the project. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Uh, speaking um, of generative art, we, we sort of missed something huge that it's oh, sort of really? I've almost missed in the news section. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a tribute to Herbert Frank, uh, this 
Herbert Frank is considered the dinosaur of computer art, and he sort of was talking. Did, did about, you mean to say dinosaur? Yeah, like that's literally. Uh, if you go to the website tribute, that's that's dash, just his nickname. It's his his, his, his okay. nickname the, in honor of the dinosaur of computer art. Uh, he he was writing about uh, computer art, digital art in 1957, and it was just like one of the pioneers, maybe the one of the maybe the first pioneer to really push for. Anyway, he he sadly passed away a few months ago, and uh, about 80 of the most renowned generative artists, photographers, poets, and virtual world builders working today were invited by Art Meets Science, a fa- uh, foundation by uh, Herbert W. Frank, to honor his life and work. The tribute to Herbert W. Frank will launch on 30th September, 6 p.m. CET, so that was several hours ago. Uh, but the way it's working is that these 80 artists are releasing uh, in batches, so some today, some 7th of October, some 14th of October, some 21st of October, and a combination of one-of-ones, auctions, generative art projects across ArtBlocks and FXHash and Foundation other platforms. And the list of artists is just jaw-dropping. You have Rafik Anadol, Justin Avisano, Ryan Bell, Def Beef, Snowfro, uh, Casey Rias, Zancan, uh, Emily Shi. It, it just it goes on and on, and it's just something very much worth keeping an eye on. Uh, I think a large percentage of the proceeds go to support uh, his foundation and other charities. Is there a go-to and, single link that, that I should type in right now? Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll, it's tribute-hwf.com. And we'll definitely post that below. And uh, yeah, it's worth keeping an eye on if you're interested in generative art. And uh, This list of artists is quite long. Yeah, eighty, and it's you know, there's a lot that I don't recognize because they were probably they're probably uh, you know photographers and poets I'm I'm far less familiar with than, than current day generative artists, and I'm sure some of these are, are, are people that were more more prolific, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and Spalter I'm looking at right here is local to me. Mm. Um, she, I believe, works at RISD, which is the Island School of Design, so it's very yeah. close to me. Uh, yeah, uh, this, her, this her and her husband list. are are very um, big in in sort of computer art, digital art, all that stuff, and have been for a long time. And hmm. it was kind of cool to me when I found that out. I was like, oh, that's like I, I know Rizzi. I've been there. You know, yeah. I, had, I had friends in high school that wanted to go there and all that. Anyway, um, that's cool. I, I yeah, I, I heard about Herbert passing, but I don't I don't remember hearing about this whole big project. I only um, heard about it crazy. for the first time like a week ago or something. And, and it's their just, marketing team is not doing a good enough job with yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I was in a Twitter space just before we started recording this. And someone came up and asked uh, if anyone like in the space or in the communities and academy and, and around were, was going to be at NFT London and you know any satellite events and and one of the people on stage uh daniel was like they have done a terrible job marketing because i live in london i'm, I'm in nfts 24 <laughs> 7 yeah. i've never heard about this so maybe it's yeah yeah i mean i would think that that person is is right by saying that but sometimes i also wonder how much this sort of thing is they're trying to m- market to not the mm. people that are already interested yeah. in it Absolutely. which is but but also it feels like if you're doing that 
there's sort of a subtext that, of course, the people that are local and into it will hear of it anyway. Mm. And if if you're, their calculation of that is wrong, then maybe the other part of the marketing yeah. strategy <laughs> is not necessarily right. Yeah. Um, because it was built on this fake premise. This uh, segues nicely into something else I wanted to mention, which is uh, coming up in about 10 days, October 10th to 14th, there's a conference in Las Vegas, WebEx Las Vegas. I will be there. I'll be speaking. I'll be on stage like 11 times, which is kind of wild. Uh, in how many days? Four days. That four is a days. lot. Um, yeah. Say the dates again. October 10th through to 14th. 10th, okay. 11th, 12th, to 13th. So it's, uh, 10th is the first day, 11th, 12th, 13th. That's four days. That's 14th math. is a lot. <laughs> 10th through the 13th. Uh, if anyone is interested in coming, uh, you can use the code ZEN33 for a 33% discount. We will be hosting a Zen, a bunch of Zen Academy events. So just keep an eye out. I, I posted an announcement in the Discord uh, for like the, the schedule and the stuff that we have going on, and the times that we'll be on stage. One of the things we're doing is a four-day workshop on how to build an NFT business, an NFT company, and uh, it's going to be me and, and three of my team members up on stage. It's like a, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun, and uh, the whole whole conference sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean. Vegas is is a blast. So, yeah, if you're in town, come on by. Are you, you you're not going to be coming, right? No. Yeah. Um, how's your survivor pool thing going? Week one, as we know, was terrible, but it's going good now. Last week, I picked a shitty team and got through, so that was great. Um, and I have what appears to be a nice sort of plan for the rest of the season. Of course. Um, you know, mathematically, it most likely won't work at some point. Eventually, a, a team will lose. <laughs> the team that I'm picking this week, or look like I'm picking, because um, we don't have to lock our picks in for another two days, um, is like 65% to win. So, you know, there's a 35% yeah. chance it'll just be just over this, this week. <laughs> um, but, you know, I feel it, it feels like um, the field is catching up to how it's a bad sentence. Let me start over. The amount of my entries that I lost on week one, the the field overall is getting close to having mm. lost that many entries because it's continued to be um, a lot of eliminations in weeks two and three. And luckily, I was able to not be eliminated at mm. all during those weeks. What's the prize pool for this one that you're in? It's a little over $6 million. It's, wow. So it was a $6 million guarantee. And, excuse me, um, with a $1,000 buy-in. And I think they got 6,133 mm. entries. Very and what's exciting. fun about this, and um, my my father-in-law delights in this every single week, 10, 20, 15, whatever people, every single week just don't even yeah. submit a pick <laughs> and just get eliminated. And he, it's, he finds that – I also think it's pretty crazy and funny, um, but it really – really yeah. <laughs> pleases him. It's it's kind of like the uh, the the – Survivor pool equivalent of someone in a, with an NFT just not claiming a free airdrop or something worth yeah. a bunch of money, kind but, of. But yeah, but that that is a lot more understandable. Yeah. in many cases because you could just not know about it. Whereas yeah, this one they you signed up for the signed Survivor up. pool. You know, you know, and it's also like to some extent the ones who did it week one. It's like oh maybe you know you forgot mm. about it, but you made a pick week one and now week yeah. two you're just like forget it. Yeah, I, I mean, the more but like the the pessimistic view is like, well, maybe they got hit by a car, maybe they're in hospital, yeah. maybe they're. I I think more likely it's just they're they're yeah. so rich um, yeah. that they 
I forgot. Got you know, busy. they were gambling then, but then it's like <laughs> I'm, they're too busy partying or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think it's I think it's things where you don't actually have to feel bad for them. You can almost feel in awe of how yeah. hedonistic or or successful their life is that they don't even <laughs> have to bother. That's a, yeah. at least the way I've been mostly assuming that it that it is. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll let me chat briefly about Zen Academy in this section. It's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes still, but I think November is going to be a very exciting month. So I'm, and I've been saying a lot without saying a lot for a long time, but now I think in the next few weeks, this is like an announcement of an announcement, <laughs> but we'll be able to, I haven't been saying a lot, phases. but in the future, I'm still going to say not I'm, much, right now. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very exciting. We're working on a lot and Moving in a bunch Can, of let me ask you a question. Yeah, um, rather than you just throwing out a bunch of vagaries, saying nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what are sort of the main reasons that you feel like you don't want to say this stuff? Is it because you don't want to, you know, sort of set expectations, mm-hmm. or it's still so much um, that you're like toying with three ideas, but you're only going to follow through with one? Like, wh- what what is the reason that you feel like you have to hold so much back? Or, or uh, I guess, sorry, now I'm just throwing out possibilities for why. But like another thing is just you don't want other projects maybe to copy ideas could be mm-hmm. a thing if it's something sort of novel at least. Yeah, that's part of it. Part of it is also uh, the flexibility because we haven't locked everything in yet. And I, I don't want to, I want to just, I don't, I don't want to say something and then us not do it and, and be like, Pivot, oh, yeah. we, we don't want to do that. And uh the other thing is is managing expectations, and I think that's something that I'm very cognizant about. And I don't want to say, oh, we have an epic PFP project coming out in two months, and then people are just going to build up anticipation and hype. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I've not been shy about saying we are working on a PFP project, but it is still still likely several months away. Uh, however, there's a few other concepts and and things that are going to be happening on a much sooner time frame. And uh, yeah, I'll be. Sh- and and the other thing is. I, I want to sort of announce and share things in a more specific and organized way. Like I, I'd want to hold a, uh, whether it's a Twiscord, uh, a Twitter <laughs> space or a Discord call, like a town hall with the community, I give people warning. So, you know, if just so if I'm going to announce some like big things that are coming, uh, I don't necessarily want to just do it in a podcast that a couple thousand, few thousand people listen to. And then the community, like people be like, why didn't I hear about this? I would have loved to have known. Uh, and the floor price gets swept up and, you know, people get, yeah, yeah. Right. I'd, I'd like it's, to. Just, it's not super targeted um, mm. communication right now because yeah. th- this is yeah. a podcast for two board apes fans, not necessarily Zen mm-hmm. Academy members. Correct, correct. Just However, if you're listening to this, you should come check out Zen Academy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you should do is subscribe to us on YouTube and uh, leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app because we are trying to grow the podcast and that really helps. Yes. Yes. And and we've been told by Vitor, who's actually <laughs> off screen over here with a gun pointed at me, <laughs> saying, don't talk about food immediately. <laughs> Ask people to subscribe and leave good reviews. Yeah. All right, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> Uh, should we do what am I thinking? There's just a wall. <laughs> There's a wall right two here. feet between me and the wall there. Uh, um, yeah. Should we no, do, they, do those things? Yeah. Well, hold on. It's, now I want to get sidetracked now. Why okay. are you not watching House of the Dragons, right? Were you, were you one of these people that was so hated the last couple seasons of kind Game of. of Thrones that you just can't do it? 
it's part, that's how everybody felt. It's part that just, it's part not. Uh, I don't know where to go to watch it. Like, is it on Netflix? Is it on HBO? HBO. Is it on, yeah. It's okay. HBO. I don't know how to get HBO here in Germany. I'd have to. Like, but but you are so smart enough to figure that out. <laughs> like, let's, I, I, let's I have be- to figure it out. Probably, I'm sure I could. Uh, but the other thing is, again, time. It's like I don't currently feel But isn't, like, isn't one of your big things with time is that like you're tweeting about how busy you are, but you're also then bragging like, but I also played so much Dota and watched I 32 like episodes Dota. of the – I think you would like this show. Yeah. Listeners, please tweet at Roy and tell him how good the show is. I've heard it's great, and it I'm going to watch it one day. I just – it might be Craig, nicer to watch without our, having a our every friend week. Craig, more my friend, but you know him anyway. Yeah, he like was a Craig. huge Game of Thrones fan, and then like so many people, was super disappointed in it. Mm. And then so he's talking about how like he's watching this show with his mind, but not with his heart because he, he won't let himself. Mm-hmm. And I kind of check in with him after, and he's like, "I'm I really like it, but like I'm not going to let myself <laughs> get hurt again." Yeah, <laughs> I feel similarly. It was seasons one through five of Game of Thrones, roughly, were just. The best TV I've yeah, ever no, watched. It, it was fantastic and definitely had a downward slope to it. Um, but I kind of don't care because, yeah. you know, that stuff at the beginning was, you know, this is really so <laughs> off topic. But, but I do. Okay. Forget we were it. So I, close I was going to go off the rails <laughs> and then start talking about Star Wars and the way that people loved those initial ones. And then. Yeah. Hated the prequels. How much does that really detract from from the joy mm. that you had earlier? Who knows? But let's let's get to business and play that game. <laughs> what am I thinking? Which is also not at all related to NFTs and DeFi and all that stuff. Random stuff. Though we right. say random yes, stuff. This random. is this is a random stuff. Right. Well, if you want to keep talking about the random stuff, then the yeah. All right. Let's do it. You loved seasons one through five <laughs> so much of Game of Thrones. I'm going to watch. You still ha- no, 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 that's I'm fine. That's fine. It. That's fine. But but how much does that enjoyment get taken away by the later seasons because at the t- you can't you can't take away the enjoyment that mm-hmm. you had, but Correct. you can I suppose take away the the backwards looking reflections of how great it mm-hmm. was in some way. Um but it's just it's it's a more joyful life to not allow the negative stuff at the end mm-hmm. to so much take away from what you had at the beginning, right? <laughs> Correct. I mean philosophically, I, let's I have like, a very let's move joyful you more. Life. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be more joyful if you were more plugged into how great the first five seasons were as opposed to how much you were disappointed by the end? What d- <laughs> <laughs> do you want to get specific about what you didn't love about the end there? Because there's a lot of different complaints. I do. I do not. I think <laughs> you're not. Okay, you don't want to talk about that. It's all bad. <laughs> it's, okay, let's let's. Um, well, hang on. Let, let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring it back to NFTs, though. Okay. The, the way that they ended, it, it's similar to how NFT projects build up so much hype, so much anticipation. People. It's potentially impossible. Like it might have been impossible for them to match, like to end it so perfectly. But instead of doing like an okay ending and one that people were like, all right, that that was good. It didn't meet our expectations because nothing could. But it was, they just did such a bad job. It was like, <laughs> oh God, it was. Oh, uh. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is funny that we're just getting so sidetracked on this. But they didn't. They didn't have the guy who created the fucking mm. story. 
they got past how far he's gone in the story. So they had to just make it up. Oh, yeah. Whereas they had the blueprint. You know, it's like the logical okay, reasons a, for them yeah, yeah, falling yeah. off a cliff. Yeah. It's, I wonder though, <laughs> is, I keep finding it funny how sidetracked we're getting, but <laughs> um, I wonder how hard it'll be for him to tie it up in a way that's satisfying because part of it, obviously, is that they didn't have his blueprint to go on anymore. But when you have that many irons in the fire or balls in the air that you're juggling, like it's just, it's going to be hard to satisfactorily satisfactorily wrap all of that up mm-hmm. um the other thing too sadly is that he's quite old and has slowed down a lot so it, it doesn't even necessarily seem like he'll be able to finish yeah. the story um which is a whole nother thing if you if you talk to actual readers of the books they're so upset with the pace at which he's writing the new book and how much other stuff he's doing which mm-hmm. it feels like as a person that has no vested interest in it really he's totally entitled to do whatever the fuck he wants with this time yeah. but the people are so mad whenever he <laughs> like says oh i like this new movie they're like why aren't you writing the winds <laughs> of winter you fucker <laughs> yeah um, okay, let's 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 end this episode soon by doing the game that we do at we'll, the end. We'll right? do what am I thinking, and let's do a giveaway as well. I think we okay. We, we, we had Vita a funny jokester I, on Twitter acting like we gave away QQLs the other day. That was kind of funny. Oh yeah, that was funny. I, I briefly saw that, and yeah, I that that would be something. Um, Tyler and Dan, you do have if you're, two. If you're listening, is that what you would like to? No, no. Tyler and Dan, Dan, if you're listening and you'd like to give away one of the what is it, ninety nine passes you kept back, maybe ninety you have left. We are very open to, to giving one away to our audience. Uh, yeah, put that out there. Put um, it out in the world. That's that's a ridiculous, but hopeful. Um, <laughs> yeah, request. Maybe if we did this a few weeks ago and, and as part of the marketing blitz, then we had. Is it a, was it ninety nine? I said I thought it was a much smaller number than that. Mm, for what? That they're holding back and allowing them yeah, to use for marketing or whatever purposes. Ninety nine. So okay. nine hundred. That's, that's actually a pretty. That, that's minted. actually not quite as ridiculous of yeah. a of a request then from you. Yeah. It's still not going to happen, I'm sure, no. but um, less ridiculous than I thought it was. If yeah. They have ninety nine. I mean, why not give one to <laughs> one of our listeners, right? Uh, we're going to do a giveaway. I think this time we're going to try use PreMint for it. So we'll just drop a PreMint link with instructions in there. That okay. makes it a lot easier rather than Google Forms and people having to comment with all, yeah. And and, and th- I'm doing the thing again where I'm, I'm saying stuff and hoping that Vito with his gun, it's pointed at you, it's not pointed at me, so you can't kill me for saying this. <laughs> is is gonna be able to figure out this uh, this giveaway system? Uh, we'll play. What am I thinking? I I'm not sure if we need a word, but for the giveaway, we're, but we'll if we if if the giveaway has a password. Ah, oh, I think you can have passwords for it. The password is gonna be, I think. Is is the word that we arrive at? So okay, okay. Oh, what are we giving away? A Zen Academy Genesis token. Let's do that. Nice and easy. Okay, that is nice and easy. I got a word. I have a word as well. Three, two, one. Dragon. Caramel. I was kind of hoping that was the one time that we caramel and word. dragon. Okay. I have a word. So do I. Three, two, one. Fire. fire. Nice. We are. We are good. I got a. I got a salted caramel, old fashioned mm-hmm. candle here, which is where I got that word. Mm. It smells very good. How now, tempted wh- are you to eat the candle? Not at all. But 
I want to talk about candles for a little bit right now. <laughs> My wife does not like sweet smelling candles and I love them. Like once it smell like cookies and stuff. How do you feel about this? I don't like candles that smell like sickly sweet, which I imagine like salted caramel or a cookie scented candle yes. or even a vanilla candle is, is a bit much for me. Okay. So yeah, it seems like a lot of people agree with her, but they, it smells delicious to me. I don't know what the issue is. I we also gotta, like the ones that she likes, you know, the balsam fir yeah. or a pumpkin-y, apple type stuff. Those smell good too. We got a tobacco scented one that I absolutely love. I, I, I'm a huge fan of the tobacco scent, despite not at all being a smoker or or liking cigarettes or tobacco. I I enjoy the scent of like pipe tobacco. Cigarettes, not so Mm. much. Maybe a good cigar. Um, This is the end of the episode. This is the end. Yeah, there's a giveaway for the Genesis token. Should we do it one more time? Mm -hmm. Like the Uh, podcast. Like like the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Rate it. Subscribe to the podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I also have done? I'll, I'll get a, a friend or relative's phone, have them subscribe too, right? Mm, yeah. You don't, don't just do it for yourself. Get other people's devices and do it yeah. on theirs. Do it, do with it without consent, them even knowing. Of course. No, with their <laughs> consent, of course. Yeah. Unless it's your significant other, then you can sort of get away with stuff like that. And, and I would almost argue even less so <laughs> you should do it with them. But... <laughs> You know, everybody's allowed to have their relationship be the way they want to. And if that's how you want to uh, operate us, things. Follow us By on way, Twitter. Didn't you, two- didn't you lock Rachel out of the apartment for five hours? I did not. Night? She locked herself out of the apartment. She left without <laughs> keys. And uh, I was asleep for several hours still. So she just couldn't get in. I wasn't waking up to the doorbell. So <laughs> thank you yeah. for listening. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel. Well, you're really pushing the YouTube, huh? You like YouTube? <laughs> I'm I'm trying to push you know, YouTube. The, the top creators oh, do make a ludicrous they, amount of money on there. They really do. That's so I, I heard an interesting thing the other day. Uh, uh, well, okay. Uh, Mr. Beast, who has slightly fewer followers than um, PewDiePie, makes like 10 or 14 times as much as PewDiePie. And it's just because he has just got that brilliant business mind and is, is just... Really capitalized. He knows on that his, YouTube algorithm. Um, oh yeah, he he really real well. Just yeah, he, he's and pretty, apparently he's really. also like an awesome person who doesn't really do much for himself with the money and yeah, and is he's pretty always giving it away stuff. Um, yeah. We've tried to end this episode a few more times. Yeah, well, I wanted to say one other more. Okay, keep going. I want to talk about QQL a little bit as well. <laughs> we can do that. Uh, as of this week, so I believe we are Zen Academy releasing. TikTok videos now as well, and which is I, they're just like YouTube shorts that we're putting that's on like TikTok a, that's as like well. A, an app, an application. TikTok is an app. It is, yep. It's like Vine but longer. No, we all know. We all know what people. TikTok is. Everybody knows what TikTok is. <laughs> Not everybody um, knows what TikTok is. There, the link will be in the thing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put the link in the in the subscribe show to that too. It's not as important as subscribing to the two board eight Correct. stuff, I would say. Yeah, but um, I agree. Secondary is Roy's Roy specific stuff. Okay, this is the end of the episode. This is the end. Bye. Two board apes talking NFTs. DeFi and some random stuff. <laughs> two board apes talking NFTs. DeFi and some random stuff.